0: Jesus calls Himself God, and then He backs it all up with miracle after miracle. So how do you respond to it all? That's what we're looking at next on Truth For Today. A good man, a crazy man, or God Himself? Those are the only three options you have when it comes to understanding who Jesus really is. And if you take God's Word at face value and see Jesus as revealed in His Word, you've only got one real answer at the end of the day. He is indeed God. What is your response to Christ? And what should it be? That's what we're focused on today. That's the main question we attack here on Truth For Today from valley bible church in hercules here's pastor phil howard with today's broadcast
1: what is your response to christ how are you responding and uh 24 hours before this sermon within that proximity christ has done a miracle uh of stupendous uh impressions five thousand men we don't know how many women and children but uh A good number of people were fed with a boy's lunch, two fish, five little barley loaves. Christ walks across the Sea of Galilee to the other side to Capernaum. He winds up in Capernaum at the synagogue and he preaches the sermon on I am the bread from heaven. Now these people, all they had on their mind was bread. But it's bread with peanut butter. Bread with fish. They had no clue of a spiritual message that would be pivoted off the miracle. They wanted to be fed. They wanted physical sustenance. They'd already been fed within 24 hours. They're hungry again. Christ goes into this magnificent message. I am the bread. And if you eat this bread, you'll never hunger again. You'll never be thirsty again. I am the bread that's greater than the bread that was in the wilderness with Moses. I am the bread. You've got to eat me and drink my blood. And he was pushing the analogy. Bread doesn't have blood. Bread doesn't come out of heaven like Christ did. But he's saying, you must take me in like you would assimilate food. That a Christ in the warehouse doesn't mean he'll quench your thirst or your hunger. You must partake of Christ. We've been preaching Christ here for 41 years and some of you still may not be saved. Some of you may leave this ministry and never be saved because the bread is outside of you. You have to, by faith, assimilate it. Believing Christ is eating Christ, drinking His blood, coming to Him. So, after the sermon, instead of a Billy Graham mass response, the attrition begins. And this signals the end in John's gospel of his popularity. He's already fled Judea, now he's in Galilee of the Gentiles. After this, the numbers are going to get thinner. And thinner and thinner because Christ has become super controversial with this sermon. And there's four responses that happen. There is the response of the crowd, whatever that crowd numbered at this time. There's a group of people that he calls disciples that many of his disciples turned around and went back. Obviously, they were following him for miracles And to see what he was going to say. But they wouldn't be what you would say. Born again. Regenerate. They were hanger-oners. They liked the loaves. They liked the fishes. Uh, They liked to hang out with Christ. But this sermon so offends. That they depart after this sermon. Then you have the twelve. And Peter speaks up for them. But what Peter doesn't know No, the other 10 guys. Nobody in the apostolic band knew one of them did not know Christ. And not only did he not know Christ, but he was destined to betray Christ. They never discerned what his role would be, had no idea. So uh, let's look at four things. Uh, The teachings of Christ, that are hard to swallow. You know there's a lot of things in the Bible. I, I wish it wouldn't have said. I have to preach a lot of stuff. That I don't get goosebumps over. I just. I have no choice. I didn't write the Bible. I preach it. I didn't write the letter. I just deliver in the mail. And if you get a bad bill from Sears. Don't go out and stone the mailman. It's Sears you want to get mad at. So if you don't like the message, don't stone the messenger until they get a new pastor. (laughs) Get the next pastor. I'm getting old and tender. Uh, And so there's a lot of things that Christ taught in this sermon that you wouldn't like. Let me tell you some of them. Uh, Things like, uh, you're telling us that you're not in the physical food business. We want you to take care of our felt physical needs. If you'll feed us, if you'll give us a new car, and you'll prosper us, we might hang out with you. But when you make all this stuff spiritual, I get hungry about twice a day. Where will you be? He said, I didn't come to start a food program. I came to tell you about a bread, in the analogy, that comes from heaven. And they never made the transfer to a spiritual reality. They just never missed it. It confused them. They were taken back. Uh, another thing that Christ kept saying in the message was verses like this. Look at verse 37. Let's see if you'll get mad. Uh, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And then you go over here to verse 65. This is why I told you that no one can come. He's just telling us that Judas is going to bail out. Then he says, "This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless, unless it is granted him by the Father." Now, 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 hear me here. Here, we do not like this teaching. They didn't like it. We don't like it. You know what it is? You think you're in charge. Of what you do with God and God's telling them I'm in charge of what I do with you and if I don't make you come if I do not draw you overcome your resistance and draw you in like the nets that the words used of or drag you into court like uh, Silas and Peter unless I overcome you see you think you're in charge of God and he keeps saying In this area of getting to this banquet table, you can't get to it without a divine inscribed invitation. And only the father sends the invitations. God's in charge of whether you come to this feast. And the only way we'll know that he's working in you is you'll come. You'll come. You'll believe. Don't try to figure out if he's invited you or not. Just act like he has. Just come. Just believe. Don't try to figure it out. The hidden motives and purposes of God. Just come. He says, Come. He says, Eat. Partake. But they didn't like that. It was offensive. We pick what we want, we are in charge. And God says, You aren't even in charge of who you're going to be born to. You don't get to pick the color of your skin, you don't get to pick your mama. You don't get to pick your daddy. You don't get to pick which country you're born in. You don't get to, you're not in charge of hardly anything, honey. You're just not in charge. Well, I'm an American. Well, that's another problem you've got. You think you're in charge of everything. You're not in charge. God didn't destine America to rule all the nations. He's going to do that over in Israel. We'll come under somewhere. But it just kind of made them break out in hives. We don't like this. You're telling us we can't. We come to this bread time we want. And well, try it. Come. And the only ones that come are the ones the Father has given to the Son. Wow. Uh, they didn't like the fact that Jesus claimed to be greater than Moses. How dare you take on uh, not Abraham but Moses, kind of the founder. They didn't go back to Abraham's faith. They went back to a lawgiver. And Moses gave us the bread in the wilderness, which was not true. So he explodes that myth. They did not like him saying he was the bread. They were never going to eat a man's flesh or eat a person. Uh, They didn't make the transfer. They were insulted. Are you inviting us to cannibalism? Not at all. Do you see the the analogy? They did not. He said things like this to very devout Jewish people. There's not a thing you can do to earn eternal life. Because they said, what can we do? What works can we do to get this bread you're talking about? He said, the only work you can do is believe. Men have been stumbling over that for years. By George, I'm a nice guy. You know what I like about pastoring in our area? I don't have to work too long on most people to convince them they're a sinner. They grew up in the Bay Area. We're not having many problems with self-righteousness, honey. I'm saying, when did you get out? How long you been on the streets? Say, no, no, I'm a sinner. I know that. Don't have, I'll tell you, I'm built for this crowd. I'm not built for that self-righteous crowd. See, I know where I ought to have gone, left, but the Father gave me a personal invitation and handed me to the Son. That's why. That's why. And uh, I don't know. I feel more comfortable around sinners than the self-righteous. Just folks that know they're bankrupt. And so he goes on. I know what I've said seems hard. Uh, And then when he says this, why don't you get a... A hold of some bread that you'll never hunger again. You've got to be out of your mind. Even Moses didn't have that kind of bread. He said, I know. I'm the bread. I'm the one. I can quench your hunger forever. That is an astounding thing. Once a man or woman comes to Christ, he quenches the gaping hole of the heart with himself. And there's enough Jesus to fill an empty heart. Oh, you need him. So they're, they're very upset with this hard teaching. And then, of course, he goes on to them why do you find it so hard to believe? Notice what he says. Um, he says, uh, Do you take offense at this? Do you, then, what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Uh, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. I think it's the idea they give the spirit and they give eternal life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Um, I often ask, what will it take for God to get you to believe him? I think of these people, less than 24 hours They've seen an incredible miracle. Chapter four, some of them may have seen the healing of the nobleman. Some of them, who knows, could have come over from Samaria where the revival broke out with this changed woman's life. Some might have talked to Nicodemus in chapter three. They might have been at the wedding of Cana of Galilee in chapter two. Who knows, his reputation's going everywhere. People are showing up to see the miracles. And yet, they won't believe him. They won't put their trust in him. Uh, they like to watch him perform. They like the miracles. Uh, I mean, it was the best show in Palestine. No one could do what, this man could raise the dead. We've got a seawalker here. We've got a bread maker. And yet, they did not believe. And... Uh, I think that's maybe why he mentioned it's only the Holy Spirit that gives you life. The flesh is no help at all. You see the Trinity in this section. The Father gives you to the Son. The Father draws you. Here, the Spirit helps you because left to yourself, your flesh could never find God. You remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, that the wise men of this age never knew they were crucifying the Lord of glory. Corinth was in love with Athens. They loved Plato. They loved Socrates. They loved PhDs. They loved Cal Berkeley. They loved earthly wisdom. And he said the world by its wisdom, by its PhD programs and philosophy, never figured out who Jesus was. How do you figure it out? The Spirit of God alone and the drawing of the Father makes you see for who He really is. He is a miracle worker, yes, but He is the bread, the, the water that wasn't in the well. He is the life changer of John 2 that could turn the water to wine. He can take the water of your life and turn it into something miraculous. It takes the Spirit of God to paint the picture. Did you know the majority of people up until this time that have come to Christ did not have PhDs? How many are in this room? Go. Raise it up. Don't be ashamed. Wait. One. Got your PhD. One. You've got a PhD. No? You got it? One. One. Anywhere. Two. Anyone else? I got a doctor, but it's not a PhD. It's a demented. Uh, Any others? Two. You mean he saved the rest of us dummies? (laughs) Through the Word and the Spirit. The Word he speaks gives life. And the words he gives the Holy Spirit had to do a work in your heart. And any of you really, were you really saved before you were 13? Anyone? I mean, for sure, sure enough, you still got it before 13. I wonder what their IQ level was then. Doesn't matter. It's nothing wrong with getting an education. But he said, the world by its wisdom never knew God. Well, how in the world do we get to know him? The words of Christ penetrate the heart through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can take a farm boy, a native in a country, someone that USA's and nobody so far down the ladder socially. They can never know. They know. They know. It's all the university crowd that don't know. They don't know as a whole. How can you get to the table? The Spirit comes and delivers the invitation of the Father. He says, He wants you to come. And He convinces you, you come. And you get it. You understand it. It's a work of the Spirit. The flesh can never get you born again. He said that. They're not born of the flesh. They're not born of the will of man. They're not born out of bloods. They're born out of the will of God. You are a divine miracle. You really are. And so... They find it hard to believe because their eyes are darkened. They're thinking physical, not the spiritual reality before them. They just totally miss it. And all of a sudden, uh, I think it's interesting. The spokesman for the 12 speaks up. And uh, he said, I'd like to uh, say something. Jesus said, Many of my disciples are going back. Notice that. Uh, 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Now, do you think these guys were saved? Some of you would. The word disciples used various ways in John. Here, I think it is just guys that were following along but didn't have a heart relationship. They were there for the loaves and the fishes. Christ said that. I can get a crowd. And you guys are following me, but this teaching I just gave, you're going to turn from me today, and no longer will you be associated. Listen to that. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. I mean, this was a crowd dispensing sermon. They didn't get it, and they turned on him. It's almost, I wish I knew the tone by which Christ said these following words. I wish I could capture it. I can't do it in the language. I don't know how, but it's, uh, on one hand, I want to think, it sounds almost... um, but I I don't, I can't make it say that, you know, that don't tell me you're going to leave me too, I'm not, I don't know that he said it that way, or is it, is it one of shock, are you guys going to leave me too, I wish we could capture the tonality, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm wondering, if I had a bunch of you just leave this church all at once, and I'm left with a few, I don't know that I wouldn't say, you're not going to leave two, are you? you do not like that. But do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed. And have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Simon, if I leave you, Jesus, I don't know what to go to. I don't know where I'd go. My son-in-law shared with the Timothy class. He told it on himself, so I feel free to use it. He was talking with Kevin Collins and talking about the various temptations men face. And, uh, and he's basically kind of sharing a temptation to kind of get a sympathetic hearing. And you, you know what I mean. And he was hoping that Kevin would fall in with him. Yeah, man, that's right. But when he got through sharing with Kevin, as I understand it, Sean says, Do you ever feel tempted to do this, do that, do this? And Kevin just said, No. And Sean said, Come on, you self righteous. You know, I didn't say that, but, you know, come on, man. Cut me some slack here. Yeah, he said, "I, I said, No. How can you do that? Why do you say no? Well, Sean's been in church good portion of his life. Kevin spent time in prison. Spent times healing up from 39 knife wounds in his body. Spent time fleeing guys, running from the police. Out there breaking his mother's heart, selling drugs in Panola. He went through a lot of hell before he ever came to Christ and should have been killed. He should have been killed for breaking his mother's heart. But when he came to Jesus... He said, I didn't leave anything I want to go back to.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Allen.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord.